0: Well, if you're in the White House and you're hungry, you know, the kitchen, they have a chef and you can get whatever you want 24-7. What I didn't realize is they have to pay for the food.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Stirling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend.
2: And our esteemed guest, Kevin Troller, has been using his retirement to his advantage. He's continuing to show that he's a good reader as well as somebody who wants to continuously learn. And he Mm -hmm. is here today to talk about... Three women who are pretty influential in their respective political spheres. I don't know if you want to give away who they
1: are. Well, going to be. Surprised? I don't know. What do you
0: think? I mean, they're very <laughs> three very different leaders. Leaders mm-hmm. could be financial leaders, could be political leaders, could be business know. leaders. What know. should we talk about
1: today? I, I feel like we should keep it all... Instagram <laughs> We keep it all under wraps and just go like in whatever order you'd like to talk. That way, it can just be a surprise with each new new leader. Okay. You. What do you think?
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that.
1: How you feel? Chronological.
0: Well, in the order that I read them would oh, be good perfect. because I yeah. I started by wandering the library and just was over <laughs> in the memoirs and the biographies and I stumbled upon a book titled "Lady Bird and Lyndon" by Betty Boyd Carroll. About Lady Bird and Lyndon Johnson, and mm-hmm. I, when I saw the cover, and it's kind of a "Stand by Your Man" you yeah know, picture on the cover, and I go, "Man, I don't really know very much about Lady Bird Johnson." And so I picked up the book and I read it, and just was so fascinated with the entire book, her life story, how she supported LBJ. And at the end of the of the book, if I closed the book and I thought of one word, I would just say respect. I mm-hmm. walked away with so much respect for Lady Bird Johnson.
1: So. I feel like she is one of the first wives that we don't know a lot about. Like, people don't talk about her as often. I know that there's a wildflower center in Texas named after her, and i that's about and I've it. I've been there. But yeah. unfortunately, I was a kid, and, you know, those
2: things are wasted on youth, so I didn't appreciate it as yeah. much as I would appreciate it now. So... so.
1: If you could, could you tell us a little bit about her and, and her initiatives, the things she did, what you learned in the book?
0: Just a little bit about her small-town Texas girl who dreamed big. I mean, mm-hmm. she wanted to go. She wanted to see the world. She wanted to do great things. But she was stifled, repressed, rough child, upbringing. So the first part of the book, you start to hear about her life. And her life really isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. until she meets LBJ. And in LBJ, she sees her way out. She sees this is the guy that, one, she absolutely was attracted to him, fell in love with him. But she saw something much bigger in mm-hmm. him. And this is the guy that's going to take me out of small-town Texas. And I'm going to get to see and do things I never would have, which she absolutely did. Yeah. What's lost is the incredible businesswoman that she was. I mean, there's talk about a radio station that she owned, KTBC, which was monumentally successful. And a lot of times LBJ was connected to it as the manager of it, which he was a little bit on the side. But this radio station was incredibly successful. It was all Lady Bird Johnson, had nothing to do with LBJ. So what you find in reading in this book is this incredibly successful, business-minded woman who as what I didn't realize – was what a womanizer LBJ was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I get Kennedy, I get Clinton, I get some of the others you talk about, but I really didn't know about LBJ. LBJ was worse, as worse, if not, than all the rest of them. Mm -hmm. So her job was kind of, you get in this book, not just a stand by your man person, but I am going to help LBJ be successful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep him on the straight and narrow. And she did that by understanding all these other women were just a part of their life. What you see in the book is an honest love affair between LBJ and Lady Bird despite all the other women. The other the other women were just how he lived. Lady Bird accepted that, kept them close to them, so she knew about all that. Would LBJ have ever left Lady Bird? Never, never ever. That was something he did on the side. He knew the ticket was he and her. He truly respected what she brought to the table. That's got to be a tough role for a woman Mm -hmm. to live, I would suspect. But she navigated the waters. She helped him be successful. A guy that could be brilliant, but also manic-depressant, very Mm -hmm. sick. Days when he absolutely didn't even want to be president, didn't want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. She's the person that kept... Pushing LBJ forward.
2: So, and I know from what little I know of the various first ladies that they usually had a few projects that they were really passionate about, like forwarding. What would you say hers was? Was it Beautification? Okay.
0: So whether it's Texas or whether it's Washington, D.C., and have either of y'all been to Washington, D.C.? Mm-hmm. It's
2: it's on my list. I've never been. Oh,
0: you got to go. So everyone goes because you got all the museums and mm-hmm. the monuments. Okay, our favorite museum, and I'm just now getting to the stage where I love museums. I no, I've
2: to, always loved museums. I,
0: o- I used to tolerate museums, <laughs> usually in and out of the museum. But there's a very eclectic art museum in Washington, D.C. called the Hirshhorn Museum. Mm-hmm. Lady Bird Johnson brought that to D.C., and I was clueless. Very eclectic art. The person that was building that, he had an idea of what he wanted to do, and he was actually talking to Paris and London about putting the Hirshhorn Museum there. I don't remember how Lady Bird Johnson found out about it, but she had just started to say, we've got to beautify Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has monuments, but it's not a very pretty City, much like Houston, it's a concrete city. And so she wanted something that would differentiate Washington, D.C. She single-handedly found this guy out and pitched to him why that had to be in Washington, D.C. and not Paris and London, and she got it. So if you ever get to D.C., it's an incredible—it's a very different museum. Mm -hmm. I mean, milk on milk stone. I mean, there's just some crazy art in Mm -hmm. the Hirshhorn, and it always changes— but it's a defining museum. Mm-hmm. And, and I was really impressed that she brought that to Washington, D.C.
2: All right. Well, do you want to move on to the second first lady?
0: I do because the
2: second she's, first. <laughs>
0: she's so like I said, I walked away from book number one with nothing but respect for Lady Bird Johnson. So book number two was Hillary Rodham Clinton, The Truth About Hillary. So when I closed that book. The word in my mind was loathe. I loathe the Clintons, and I make no mistake about it. Either one of them I've got no use for. I was in Washington, D.C. during their presidency. It is a power couple ever since Yale. It's the only thing that holds that marriage together. Most people wonder why they're married, except it is all about power. She's not very wifely. She's not very motherly. She's powerful. And that's how the book is written. This is the third book on Hillary Clinton I've, I've read. They all read the same. So it's not like some people like her, some people don't. People respect she's powerful and she's done some things. But as a person, it's hard not to loathe her and some of the things that they do.
2: And if you look at the dynamics between her and her husband, she definitely doesn't carry the same charismatic weight as Bill. So
0: No, no, not at all. In fact, this book kind of talks in terms of of a co-presidency. So she's the one that had her office in the White House. And so she and her staff almost competed with Bill and his staff. A lot of the scheduling, she had to approve everything that he did. Everything that Bill did was run through Hillary. They talked about co-presidency. So the one thing in common in these two books is you have the male, the president, who's a womanizer. So Bill's doing all that he can, just like LBJ did all he's can. Both wives knew everything. So we all lived through the Monica Lewinsky thing. And a big deal was made, and and they often said how Hillary had no idea and was shocked. And this book says BS, anything but true. Hillary knew everybody that Bill was with. And similar to Lady Bird, they kept women on the inside. This one goes a little bit farther insofar as Hillary had a staffer who coordinated which women were allowed in the White House with Bill or not. They knew everybody that Bill was with. So this book, what it portrays is the biggest mistake that they made was sending Monica Lewinsky to the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. That was atypical of what they did. Somebody that they needed to control, they would have kept in-house very close how they could have control. And there was many women that they talked about in that regard. So they even talk about her comment was the biggest mistake they made was shipping Monica to the Pentagon because then everything broke loose. But Typical book. There's another book by Barbara Olson called The Final Days, talks about the final days of the Clinton presidency. And you talk about very similar things in Clinton books is just the total disregard for the White House, which is the people's house. They stole a lot of furniture leaving the White House at the end of the days. They were caught doing that. People told them they had to return it and they returned some of it, not all of it they're just above what they have to do. They had a presidential library. Hillary at the end is making a Senate race. She's got another office in New York that they have to furnish. So you just, every single book on the Clintons, you get the greed, the power, whatever it takes as far as and it's amazing that, the, to me as a reader, that they've never been called to task, but they haven't. But for the reason I, I left the first book with nothing but respect for uh, Lady Bird Johnson, I finished book two, which is the third book on Hillary I've read, and I just loathe the
1: Clintons. What projects did she helm?
0: So the very first one that they handed her was healthcare reform, mm-hmm. which turned out to be an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. And so it's after that you don't see her running much of the programs mm-hmm. of Clinton because she took so much heat, rightfully so. What a disaster she made of, of health care reform. So inside the White House, she's really running her own programs, and it's mm-hmm. pretty late in their eight-year presidency when then they decide to run for New York as carpetbaggers since they never lived in New York. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Against, she ran against Rudy Giuliani, which— was pretty popular so again surprising so even though i might loathe them even though i might understand the power they certainly are successful mm-hmm. for her to have been able to have won that yeah. race you you can't deny that you know in terms of fundraising in terms of the things that they do they're successful i just always would say successful at what cost
1: mm-hmm. our final lady
0: the final book, so we have respect, we have loathe. The final book is Laura Bush, Spoken from the Heart. This is such an interesting book. The data and the detail in this book would be like a John Meacham or Bob Woodward mm-hmm. book. I mean, lots and lots of detail. But it's written by Laura Bush, who is a teacher and a librarian. Mm-hmm. So it's written like a Thomas Kincaid painting. <laughs> so I'm reading all this detail But I'm reading it in such an unbelievably pleasant way, Mm -hmm. and you're talking about a person who never had any idea that she was going to be around politics until she met George W. Bush, and then she lands inside the Bush dynasty, Mm -hmm. H.W. Bush, W. Bush, Jeb Bush. That's her introduction to politics, but she's a teacher. She's a librarian. She feels strongly about women and children and literacy like Barbara Bush. In this of the three books, you get the greatest look at the calendar of a First Lady, which Mm. is daunting. I (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. It's incredible. We all know what presidents do. Mm -hmm. The First Lady has every bit the same power, schedule, needs, demands, breakfasts, lunches, dinners, state dinners. What I also got in here was I thought so much of that was just provided Mm-hmm. To presidents. So you talk about, well, if you're in the White House and you're hungry, you know, the kitchen, they have a chef and you can get whatever you want 24-7. What I didn't realize is they have to pay for the food.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That makes sense, though.
0: It, it does make sense. It's your house and they're cooking it. I never thought about that. Yeah. I also didn't think about all these galas and state dinners and things that they have to go to.
2: That was the part that always sounded exhausting to me.
0: Exhausting and expensive. They have to buy all that clothing. I always thought they gave, mm-hmm. you know, the suits for the president, the, the first lady's dresses. I thought it was given to them or it was charity or I don't know how they yeah. got it. No, she's very clear on what it costs to be in the White House. And they're buying all that food, all that clothing. Dang. But this is an incredible book. I really, really recommend this to people who don't know much about Laura Bush. It's just, it's a lot of detail, but you leave feeling so good Mm -hmm. about her and that couple. Again, regardless of which side of the aisle that you're on, you can be for or against LBJ, for or against Bill Clinton, for or against W. Bush, like you are for anybody. Mm -hmm. But you walk away with a pretty clear picture that they all have... Very difficult circumstances, obviously, as president. In Laura Bush's time in the White House, that whole eight years is a wartime president. Mm-hmm. Shortly after they get into the White House, 9-11 happens. Then you've got Iraq. You've got Afghanistan. You've got the hunt for Saddam Hussein. You've got the hunt for Osama bin Laden. You've got all the disasters that happened during their presidency. And she goes through all of that, kind of what they do, their Crawford Ranch, and you get this understanding, and she even says it in here, That's in so many of the state dinners, they would talk to the other country's representatives, and they get to take vacations. Mm-hmm. The president never gets to take a vacation. Even when they're at Camp David or the Crawford Ranch, they're still on, on duty she talks about eight years of never really having a day off. They did go to the ranch. Mm-hmm. They did go to Camp David, but they're still so, working.
1: Yeah. It's like they're... working on a different different place. <laughs> Absolutely. That's
2: why I marvel at the presidents that have children that are growing up in the White House. Like yeah. Even if they're older children, it's still like, when do you see your family? <laughs>
0: yeah, in, in the White House. And you get a pretty good look of that. You know, the Johnsons had two children. The Clintons had two. One, Chelsea. The Bushes have two, the Mm -hmm. twin daughters. And you get a snapshot because in some of the rooms upstairs are their bedrooms. And the first two books don't talk much about the families in the White House. Mm -hmm. Laura Bush talks a lot about how they tried to make it as normal as they could for the daughter. So they yeah. always had sleepovers and friends over and people that Gosh, were there. can you
1: imagine being invited to a sleepover? <laughs> it was <still> very <laughs> VIP. Very yep. VIP. Well,
0: it's a different <laughs> look again when you, it's not hard to contrast Hillary Rodham Clinton and Laura Bush. Those are very, very different people. Mm-hmm. In the Hillary Clinton White House, they had a lot of people over. It was like renting out the Lincoln bedroom as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything they did was trying to raise money, curry favor for future requests, and they did not shy away from asking people for stuff. And if they didn't give it, they just took it. You don't see that in Laura Bush at all. I mean, she did a lot in terms of the renovation of the White House, but she was so respectful of the people that came before her and trying to keep the bones of the White House and the former existing presidencies you know, intact and how she painted. But she did an awful lot for renovating the White House. So when you look at this last book on Laura Bush, you get a great appreciation for the love of, of women and the role of women and how she tries to raise up what women bring to the world children, her general affinity for children, and in countries like like Afghanistan and Iraq and Africa, that she was there, the plight of women and the plight of children, very meaningful to her, and as she's describing it, you feel her heart, you know that it's real that she's reaching out to these people, so that was a really interesting, I'm glad it was the last of the three books that I read, because I just, when I close that book, I just love, Mm -hmm. I, I just love Laura Bush, what she does, how she does it, and just her heart.
1: And literacy was, like you said, like a really big cause for her. And I think it's really interesting that you can even see that in her children. Because isn't it Jenna Bush? Is Jenna her? and Barbara. Yeah. Jenna, I think, has like a book club or something. Or like, because I, I remember seeing, and and it's just really nice to see like someone not only championing that cause for the general public, but also clearly like keeping that same like priority on literacy in their own family to the point where your daughter grows up and is like, what if I started a, a national book club? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Well,
0: what I might do to continue this, although there's so many more First Ladies. Yeah, I was going like, to ask yeah.
2: you, like, which other First Ladies check them all you want to Well, about.
0: I, I would. You know, the interesting <laughs> thing is Lady Bird Johnson. I mean, imagine following in the White House after Jackie Kennedy Onassis and what the whole world felt about Camelot and the Kennedy Mm-hmm. Presidencies, you were at a disadvantage right from square one. Hillary, Cro- Hillary Clinton comes in between t- the two Bushes mm-hmm. and what people felt of Barbara and Laura. Laura's in between Hillary Clinton and Obama, Michelle Obama. So it's just interesting. I'd like to read more about, especially, I don't know much about Mamie Eisenhower. I don't know much about, I do know quite a bit about at least what I've read about Jackie Kennedy, but mm-hmm. you know, that was you know, traumatic and all of that. Yeah. But what I'd really like to do is follow up where you were going, Katie, is the children <laughs> of them and what the impact of, of what their parents went through, mm-hmm. what did what do they wind up doing? Yeah. Chelsea, I don't know how that kid has a chance. I mean, I really don't. I don't know what she's doing now. But given the dysfunction of Bill and Hillary, I just don't I can't even imagine what she's gonna do with her life. Laura And W, and the way that the Bush family believes about faith and family and service and how close their family is, it would be interesting to see what Jenna and Barbara do, Mm -hmm. given such a loving, nurturing family that they had. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be bad, you're going to be good, but it will be interesting to read about where their lives go.
1: All right. That's that was Is there your anything final question else that you want to answer. add? Do you have a spe- do you have any other first ladies? I know you said children, but are there any other that you're like, "Hmm, I want to know a little more about that?" Probably Pat
0: Nixon. Okay. Uh, I would like to read about her because, you know, when you say Nixon, you know, you got the egomaniac, you know, everything that Watergate clouds his presidency. Mm-hmm. But I went to Nixon's Presidential Museum earlier mm-hmm. this year was taken aback by all the good that he did, including the EPA and Title IX and things that people forget because they just remember mm-hmm. Watergate. And so I'd like to read more about Pat Nixon because my guess is she probably played a, a pretty strong role in his run for mm-hmm. the presidency. And then it's abruptly cut short with Watergate. What did that do to the family yeah. and what was the follow on? She'd be someone I'd be interested in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we expect when you read your next three books to come for an expansion on the series. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get them all. Catch all 52, three, no. Gosh, when they repeat, it really throws me off. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing us your latest reads
2: and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye.